1: and perspectives a couple that survived. He's
2: kind of like an imp- impetuous guy and in, in many ways that's great in some ways it's tough when you're married
1: what leads them back to each other communication conversation and a realistic outlook on the world we live in your hosts anthony and deirdre scaramucci this is mooch and the missus
2: all right we have a really special guest on our podcast today from vegas we have Governor Chris Christie, former governor of New York of New Jersey. I'm so New York-focused all the time. Um, thanks for doing this with oh, us. Great to be here. We got thanks. to hang out last night we and did. have a, a real conversation. Yeah, it's the first time family
1: and friends and all that. Yeah, no, all no the politics. real stuff,
2: the good stuff. That's right. right. The stuff that matters. So today we'll talk about what?
0: Well, I, I want to also we can mention do a little bit one, of one other a thing, fun thing that's important is that some politics. my father-in-law... Oh, I who, told him last night. Well, I, I think it's him. important to put it in, on the record. My father-in-law who worked in the Kinney Parking yeah, System Kenny. for 40 years, uh, loved you. Wow. And he we was used like a blue-collar blue New Yorker, really blue loved collar, you. Like, he totally related to you. He's, hey, he's trying to do the right thing. Like, hey, let me tell you something. That guy, he's trying to do the right thing. That's These great. other guys are a bunch of phonies, but that guy's trying to do the right thing. And so That's I, great. I, I, I thought share you were that. the real deal. I want to share that so with nice. you because he was somebody that you would have loved, and he was the real he deal. He was the real deal. He, was, right. a sweet, yeah. he was a sweet guy. And we used to always laugh about him, you know. And and when we walked out of the uh, that VIP dinner last night, Mm -hmm. I said, "I wish, you know, unfortunately he passed away, Chris, from uh, uh, Governor Christie from leukemia." And a couple of years ago, I said, "Babe, your father would be over the moon that you were hanging out." Yeah, I would love hang out with him. Over the moon hanging out with Governor Christie. But but you you did an amazing job today uh, with former Attorney General Sessions on the Mueller report. And so I don't want to have you go through the whole thing, but I want you to summarize it for me. I am not a student of politics. I don't have a lot of information about the, the whole thing, and but I trust you. So give us a little summary for someone that's listening to our podcast. Say, okay, what's Governor Christie's take on the whole thing?
1: Uh, first thing that, that members of the public should understand is that Bob Mueller has said himself that everything he asked for in order to do the most thorough investigation he could, he was given. And he was never refused anything that he asked for during the entire time of the investigation. So that's a really important thing for people to know cuz Bob's an experienced prosecutor and so he did a thorough job. Second thing that's most important to know is that he found that there was no evidence of any kind of conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russians to try to interfere with the election. That's the most important question he looked at and he was unequivocal about that. There's a whole third part uh, a third part of this is the the whole issue of obstruction. Right. And did the president try to obstruct the investigation? And you know what? Um, you both know the president as I do. Um, there was nothing in that report that surprised me at all to hear those kind of things coming out of the president's mouth. He didn't like the investigation. He was resentful of it. He wanted it to be over the day after it started. And and no matter how many of us said to him, just keep quiet, um, he couldn't. The good news, though, is that what the report found was that when he did say some really out-of-hand stuff, um, the people around him, his staff, predominantly the Attorney General, the Deputy Attorney General Don McGahn, um, Chief White House Counsel, um, just wouldn't do the things that the President was suggesting. So there was no obstruction of justice either. So really what you have left now is for the American people to decide when they read that, they have to decide about the President's conduct and are they comfortable with it. Um, But what they should know is that nobody interfered with the election in 2016 from the American side. So let's talk about the other side. because You're a great attorney and
0: Uh, very smart attorneys can take two opposing views in their mind and synthesize Mm -hmm. it. Let's take the other side for a second. Do you think they should continue this stuff that they're doing now?
1: Um, Listen, I think that what they're doing now, they should either move to impeachment, as I was saying today, or stop.
2: Right, like one or the other. One or the other. Cut to it or not. Yeah,
1: because it's not like they can investigate any better than Bob Mueller did over two years with all the resources that he got. So my view is, Anthony, it's one or the other. It's either okay, you think that what's in that report is 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 bad enough that he should be impeached. Well, then go ahead and have your impeachment hearings, or move on to other issues that are no, important. No, but they to the want country. to
2: dig and dig because they, they feel like they don't have enough. Yep, so, you're right. I know
1: you're right, and I, they're not going to find any more than Bob Mueller did. You know, Bob Mueller had subpoenas, grand juries, um, search warrants, wiretaps, um, most of which the Congress can't do. So I don't know how they think they're going to find something that he didn't. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, my, my wife and I, this is our probably 33rd, 34th podcast, and uh, not a Trump fan. Uh, doesn't like a lot of the elements of the thing, but it's a lot about how he does things. It's well, not, that's the it's thing. He always says,
2: not a Trump fan. It's not about his policies. It's not about any of that kind of stuff. It's about his style and the way he conducts himself sometimes that I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. So it's not about, It's not that I don't like him as a—I think he's done a lot for us over the past year. I feel like he's he's— Good in many ways. It's it's more of a personal style that I can't get with, and I try to explain it to Anthony that as a mom and as someone who's trying to teach my kids, like okay, don't, you know, don't call that person that. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they're watching him on TV and he's doing it every five seconds. It's just really hard for me to justify. Yeah. So it's it's more of a personality thing, more of a style thing. Anthony's comfortable with anybody, mostly anybody, because he's kind of I
0: grew up in a morosely dysfunctional situation. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do? No, okay, they but you know, they were throwing plates at each other. Right? Trump okay, is okay. an acquired taste,
2: and so is Anthony. Like, I've acquired a taste for Anthony.
0: You're not.
1: Well, them, I'm glad. Oh, you're, you're <laughs> I am too. You're
0: not an acquired taste. We're so though, happy so for know. Anthony that you've
1: acquired a taste for him. We really are. Because we're yeah. all so worried about right. him. But yeah, We're right. really, really some, glad.
0: Some of you that can't see this, you think it's water in my glass, but it's actually vodka. <laughs> and I'm going to be doing a shot right now. to no, The fact that my wife still God loves me. No, thank God
2: it's not. Because you should see him if that really yeah, was yeah, We wouldn't want that. No. So, <laughs> wait, what were we saying? So now we're off. No, on I'm a tangent talking about
0: the style.
1: No, you're he's just an Trump's acquired style. taste. And yeah. I
2: and I like him as a guy socially, like when you're not the president, but it's just different when you're in that well, seat.
1: He is totally
0: different than anything we've ever had. He, you know what's funny? He knows that she doesn't like him. So he, he's always, he yeah, works harder. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, like, I always, know, always say Anthony, like me, why does know?
2: he care if. Who, so then, why does he care if like? Just, you know why. I really don't know. Why. He, he, he's just
0: so, yelling at me because I'm I'm trying to promote the free press, and, and then he's saying, "Is you, your wife stay with you? She, are you still married?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh yeah, she's a good woman. She's a good woman. Keep yeah, her." Yeah, yeah. It's like, just so That's silly only because he knows she doesn't like him. It's, he's a I mean? salesman, you know. At right. Core, of course. I
1: was saying this today in the panel that we did. At core, he's a salesman, and he wants to make the sale to everyone. Right. Right. And what he's selling now is himself. And more than ever before, it's always been a huge element of it—the art of the deal, all that stuff. But now, he's got to sell himself, and when and when he doesn't make the sale with someone like you, it drives him crazy. Isn't that funny? It drives him crazy, it's and he like, and he just wants—it's—it's it, it's out of proportion to your influence, right? Right. So very so, much. Right. Though. And so, but it doesn't matter to him. Like
2: he can't fathom that somebody might not like him. You right. Know? How could just that be? He can't process the information. So, no. so.
1: I, I was with Bill O'Reilly.
0: Yesterday, we were doing an interview together, and so I don't think he would mind me saying this. He says, you know, he's he's writing this book, The United States of Trump. It's going to come out in September. And he said, well, yeah, some days I'm in favor, some days I'm out of favor, some Mm -hmm. days I'm in favor. Describe your relationship with
1: the president. Well, it's been 17 years long. I met him back in May of 2002, uh, introduced by his sister, Marianne, who was uh, at that time a, a circuit court of appeals judge in New Jersey. And she asked me if I would be willing to go out to dinner with her, quote, little brother, close quote. (laughs) And that's when I first met Donald Trump. And our relationship up until the time we ran for president against each other was always incredibly positive, um, social. Mary Pat and I would go out to dinner with he and Melania three or four times a year, every year. Um, we, would, we were at their wedding um, at Mar-a-Lago yeah, in I could see you getting along with
2: them great. We got, yeah. We've gotten along well. You know, we're all well. like these like tri-state no area people. No nickname for Governor that... Christie, though, right? No. No,
1: no yeah, nicknames for the people he really respects, Anthony. Right. Right. You yeah, saw that. that. You know, like yeah, Nancy Pelosi that. doesn't have a nickname. Right. You know, he's, yeah, know. He, he knows, doesn't mess, mess with her. He likes her. He doesn't want her to
0: cut his
2: throat. No, he likes her. He doesn't like crying Chuck because
0: he feels like he's you know double-crossed. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. And Trump knows that he's a phony because he gave him a ton of money and he supported him. He tried to help him. He said, now I'm president. Can you help me? Let's get some bipartisan stuff done. No thanks. And the guy doesn't do that. Nope. You know? And American people don't like that, right? I don't think no. they do.
1: And and so my, my relationship with the president has always been pretty good. Now, about, I guess it was, what, now almost 10 years ago um, that the, the, the president's daughter um, married the son of someone that um, I had prosecuted and sent to jail, um, Jared Kushner's father, Charlie Kushner. Um, was a prominent real estate developer in New Jersey who wound up being convicted and pled guilty of tax evasion and federal uh, campaign contribution violations and of witness tampering, uh, specifically hiring a hooker to go after his sister's husband um, to videotape the encounter and then send it to his own sister to attempt to intimidate her from testifying oh, uh, in, in his case.
0: Well, that was all in your book,
1: by the way. Yeah, right, it, it was. so, yeah. you know, That has caused some indirect strain with the president, obviously, because this is now his son-in-law. His son-in-law can't deal with the fact that his father committed these crimes. I mean, his father admitted that he committed these crimes. Somehow it's my fault because I prosecuted somebody who admitted the crimes they took. So that's the biggest thing, Anthony, that's created a strain between me and the president. He and I have at it, as I know you do with him when we disagree. Because we both tell him what we okay. think. And, I mean, I built my own
0: company. You built your own career. Yep. You're on to building your own brand as a former governor. I mean, come on. You you, you don't want to be. A, you want to be like these people that uh, form fit the
2: president, no. and they're
1: like that, no. that. I always say to Anthony, like, jelly. you're
2: just as smart. You're just as formidable. Like, there's no reason that you should not no, say I'm, what you have to say. No.
1: Listen, you you respect him, of course, because he's of the, the office, president course. Right. and the office he holds. But that doesn't mean that he's owed to be agreed with. All the time. Do you, do you, do you, no, you I actually don't.
0: owe it to Okay, him so that. let me let, 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 let me ask you a seminal question. Yep. Okay. Do you think he's got people around him right now that are not conforming and modifying their behavior to be with him? Sure. Who?
1: Oh well, listen. I think Mick Mulvaney's a bit of a different guy um, than he so was. He's direct. He's the with the pre- I don't know him,
0: so he's direct with the president. I, he tells him what he thinks he's going I, off the rails. I,
1: I think he does. Now, I don't think he's always effective and be able to get the president to change his mind. I think Mick's a pretty direct guy in my experience with him. And I think mm-hmm. he's telling, well, I've he's seen telling him the truth. Well, he's
0: telling the truth many times. He's very smart. He's yeah. Not and, about that.
1: and he's experienced in politics. And so he's got opinions. And I think he shares them with the president. And I think, you know, under the circumstances that that job as chief of staff right now, how difficult it is um, with both the president's own management style and the family dynamic, um, I think it's very hard to do that job. So I think Mick's doing a pretty good job. But I think, you know, other than that, um, there's not a lot of folks around him who are giving him the straight scoop. Did I ask
0: some questions. What <laughs> <here? laughs> why you looking at me. Like <laughs> looking at I didn't. I mean, don't just I look beautiful I and mean, then show she, off
1: that uh, supercomputer that she, you got. She, up was, there. She, was, she was asking me a lot of questions last night, but we just ran out well, of them. Well, I'm too. sorry.
2: Okay. No, I mean, got the I'm just computer. trying to have a conversation me, here. Me, <laughs> I'm not trying let to impress anybody. You
0: know, you know you it's like a. A black box on a plane yeah this is the blonde box right here but this <laughs> thing doesn't forget anything it's like a total seal steel trap supercomputer
1: that's the that's yeah. the right that's the right kind of partner to have yeah, yeah because yeah, we she, forget stuff well i mean we I, put stuff I, aside yeah, yeah of course because i'm the
0: absent-minded professor yeah. yeah so chris and i were having a conversation two days ago at 7 a.m and then i said I was there and then, for and that. And, yeah and she was like yeah. counter i said okay you're right i said chris have you ever been right chris no have you ever been once right
1: no, and listen, then you know what Chris says to me. You've met Mary Pat, yeah, <laughs> 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 and, 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 and exactly right. And Anthony knows her. Anthony knows her better than most people because yeah, they were they were, ran in the, some of the same circles for a long time in New York yeah, in yeah, the, in the she it was business in the money
0: management business. Yep. So describe your wife for those of us that are listening in that don't know her.
1: Irish Catholic, number nine of ten children, um, who is very bright and completely fearless, and was taught by her father that she could do anything there and that go. she oh, should update. never she should never limit herself and i think that's the only way someone like her at the age of 23 um in 1986 gets into wall street how'd you meet her college um i went uh, she's a year younger than me see and this is the
2: stuff that's fun for me yeah these are the questions i should be <laughs> asking. yeah she's she's a year she's, she's, a,
1: she's a year younger than me and i went to on the move-in day of my sophomore year at the University of Delaware I went over to the dorm that she was moving into to see a friend from high school who's moving in and I ran into her in the hallway and I thought she was cute so I just she started, is cute thank you and I started to chatter up a little bit and we became friends but she was dating somebody you, else at the time did you meet to her like were you like no, no. No, you, know, you because, were just like Mr. She Charming? It, what would no, you do? No, she made it pretty clear oh, in the beginning someone else? that she was dating somebody. She gave you somebody. the Heisman. Not the t- Heisman, it was you more kind of like you didn't hit her with a caveman's club. I, I mean you not. got a lot of I did not, Italian that in it. That you. waited did till you, later.
0: You, did, you, did you oh you did? <laughs> it's a later. You hit her with a caveman <laughs> club. But you dragged her into your cave.
1: And we actually actually write about it in the book where like when I finally my senior year of college. took that long? Yeah, well she was dating somebody, then I started dating somebody else. I don't want to wait around. So I started dating someone else and finally We were both available in my senior year, um, and I took her out one night, and I kissed her. And she said, "What was that all about?" I go, "You you think it's all about?" What do you think it's all about, right? So um, that's how we met, and uh, we got married very soon thereafter. She, we got engaged while she was a senior in college, and we got married the next year during my second year of law school. And we've been married now for thirty-three years. And the first kid, the first kid came when. Not till seven years later, because we okay. wanted to make sure we actually liked each other. <laughs> and those first few years... you still trying to figure that out, Chris, or no? Yeah, those first... Well, we're going to no, have to try to figure out again, No, he told me last night Anthony. that
2: they're going to be empty nesters next yeah. year, and that he's excited, because they am. like each other.
1: We actually have figured it out, and after 33 years, that we actually do me, like let each let me, other. Let me but tell you But the first something. six, seven years, I Anthony, got to know... It was not, it was okay. I got to know her
0: before I got to know you. She yeah. totally loves you. Yeah, no, we... Totally loves you.
1: We have a great relationship. God bless you. And so, and we grew up together. Right, and there's pluses and minuses to that. You know, it's it, in the early parts of the marriage. I mean, you know, it was rough. We well, I separated mean, you were so young. You were so young we when we you got married. Twenty-three yeah. and twenty-two. We had no separated money. Separated in what way? By distance, or you get tired? We each moved other? out on each we're, other. We'll moved twice. On each other. Okay. Yeah, twice in our in our in our mid twenties. Right. That
2: makes me feel better. She
1: she she moved. I moved out on her first. I I got out for oh, six so now, months, and then she, she and then I came back, right. and we stayed together for about another two months. Then she moved out for so six you're months. even. You're yeah, even. Yeah, we're even.
2: See, we're not even. We're even. <laughs> <laughs> not, I haven't gotten
1: even yet. All right, so you're going to get even? Or get you're, even. Shooting, you're shooting the gun? All right, just no So, cast- you know, it all works out. No
0: castration. <laughs> no. Lots of, like, collusion, no collusion. Ir- lots of collusion. Lots of collusion and no obstruction. No, that's irreversible. Okay? You don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. and, no
1: castration. But, you know, it was like those, those early years taught us that we really did want to be married and that it's work. And like you guys would say the same thing Like none of this is easy Oh no She's It's great. work So yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it is work But it's work. we were
2: saying also When you have things in common But you also have your own life It makes for a better relationship Because you can do things together But you also have your own identity So totally. it's like you do that And you come together And you enjoy each other She
1: has all her own identity You guys will be great. good
2: When you're empty nesters yes. That's my prediction Good I'm so glad So don't worry about it
0: So I I, I want to ask you this question Because I ask people like you this all the time Because we were talking a little bit about it In the green room I'm trying, trying to predict your what Your risk th- taker Yes, always have been. It's the biggest yeah. risk that you. T- oh, I know he
1: is. I'm. I'm oh. leading. Him. I'm leading the yellow. witness here. I'm leading He's yellow. leading the witness. It's I'm, okay. I'm leading. The He's witness. a Harvard law school I'm guy. Leading He's witness. leading the witness. Um, no. What's listen, the biggest risk. The bi- the biggest risk I ever took was running for governor, because I was running against John Corzine in a Democratic state, an incumbent governor who I knew was going to outspend me, and did outspend me three to one. In the end, he spent thirty three million. I spent eleven. Um, and very few people believed I could win. And I take the way I made the decision, and Mary Pat's a key part of this. When we were trying to make the decision, I went to her right at the end and said, well, what do you think I should do? And she said, listen, I don't really care. She said, I think whatever you want to do is fine with me, but she said, if you're not going to run, then you have to promise me that you'll have no regrets. Yeah. She said, because I... She'll never hear the end of it. She said, I have no interest, right? I have no interest in living with a man filled with regret. Mm -hmm. Sitting around the pool in the backyard going, I could, I would, I shouldn't. I'd rather have you run and lose Mm -hmm. than not run. And it was really great advice. And so it was the last piece that allowed me to take that risk with a really... You know, committed and clear mind. So I think it's the biggest risk I so, ever took.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See so If somebody out there wants to get into politics, tell them to do
1: it. Sure. Tell us why. Because it's the place where you can make, if you're good at it and you're committed to it, the biggest difference in the shortest amount of time. Because you're given authority that is outsized often um, to your experience, uh, sometimes outsized. You
2: kind of learn on the job, right?
1: You do. Yeah. You have to. And when I was governor, I had to learn about all kinds of stuff that I had no idea about on the job and then become expert enough in it to be able to make decisions. And that's a really unique opportunity. And you can reach abroad. It is if the wrong people are there. Mm -hmm. But if the right people are there, it usually is inspiring Mm -hmm. because you see people grow.
0: Do, mm-hmm. do you remember uh, when Bill Clinton was your President Clinton? Yeah. Do you remember what he said?
2: Well, he said a lot I, of well, things. I'm going to I think was it's important it's right in say.
0: your wheelhouse. I, I asked him on stage. I was interviewing him. I said, sir, have you done more post-presidency or, or did you do more during the presidency? Do you remember what he said? No. He said, brilliant. I mean, it left me. He said, he said Anthony, if I want to raise a foundation, it'll take me 10 years to raise a billion dollars and to give it out.
2: Oh if yeah, sitting, I do remember. remember? Yeah, yeah, you're sitting
0: in the Oval Office. You want to put malaria tents up? You strike a pen, a billion dollars of USAID goes to Africa, and you're saving 16 million lives that yep. next year. It's true. He said so. You it's know, it's like real so, life Monopoly. Right. That's what he yeah. said. He said it was. He says the power that you have in a position of government because you really have the collective will of the people and their
1: treasury behind it, you. It's totally true. And I will tell you, when people, because I get asked all the time now, in the 16 months that I've been out of office. What do you miss the most? And I tip all the time. The thing that I miss the most is being able to get up in the morning and see something I don't like and be able to change it. Mm-hmm. As governor, if I saw something I didn't like in the state, I had a pretty good chance if I wanted to, to get up in the morning and figure out a way to fix it or change it. And now I see something I don't like and it's a lot harder if it's possible at all for me to do it. And I think that's the thing, and that's why I would tell people if they have an interest in politics, listen, you have to put up with all the other stuff.
2: There's so much BS.
1: The attacking, Ugh. the shallowness, um, and and all the other stuff, that the media attention, all the stuff that goes along with it that we've all around this table experienced. It, it's You have to be ready to put up with that. But if you can, it, the difference you can make in the lives of people that you probably will never meet and certainly will never know is pretty amazing. Yeah. What would you change
2: safe. now in this country now, right now, if you could?
1: Oh, I, I listen. I changed the tone. Yeah. And you know, Anthony and I kid each other all the time about how direct we are and outspoken we are, but th- it's nasty mm-hmm. now. And nasty, like, like from Jump Street. Yeah. You, no one gets the benefit of the doubt. Everybody is suspect. Um, if you're of the other party, you're not only wrong, you're evil. Mm-hmm. And I I just, listen, I worked in a Democrat state where I couldn't afford to do that. So I operated in a totally different way that I gave everybody the benefit of the doubt. And we got things done. But that's just like a
2: better way to live life, not just in in politics, but in life. Absolutely. You can't go around it being that bitter or negative. It's just like a poison.
1: And I think that that's what's happening to the country right now. It's been going on. I really think since the Bush v. Gore um, election, I think it has been building towards what's happening now in the country for the last, you know, 20 years. 20 years, yeah. And and I think that, you know, the one thing I've said to people is if the president is reelected, which if you if you ask me today to guess, I'd say he's going to be. Yeah. That the one good thing about it amongst other things will be that after 8 years of Donald Trump, the country will be exhausted. Will be absolutely. I think mentally a lot of people are exhausted, exhausted now, right? And I think that those who aren't will be by the end of eight years of him, and it's going to force us. It's going to be like reassess a it. Change. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a time to hit a reset button. Yep. because no one can take it to the level that he's taken it to, and and I think he's just a unique figure, personally and politically in our country's history. I don't think he's changed the Republican Party forever, and I don't think he's changed the Republic forever. I think it, and and he would love that, that it's unique to him. Well, most other people would want to change it forever and want a legacy i don't think he's the least bit interested in that no it's he his wa-
2: thing and that's like how he'll be remembered exactly
1: he wants to i think he wants to look back and say he's the only one who could have done that so and there that are no dems
2: him. that are come to mind that can compete with him right for 2020
1: i think the only person who could give him potentially give him a hard time is joe biden right and i think the reason for that is 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 biden can appeal to those blue collar white workers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin, where the president, you know, won the presidency by tens of thousands of votes in those four states. If 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 he were to peel those voters off, the president would lose. But I don't think anybody else like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris, they're too far left. They are. And I think Middle America will just say, Yeah, we're not thrilled we're not with yet. Trump. We're there but yeah. we're we're not moving right. to this. Right. And that's why I think Biden's the only chance they have. But
2: is he like dynamic enough to compete with the crazy?
1: Well, if I were him, I would counter it. I wouldn't try to compete with the crazy because you can't.
2: No, he has to appeal to the people who are exhausted.
1: Exactly right. Yeah. And he's got to appeal to people who say, you know what? He's not too far left for me. And he is more conventional than the president. And I need conventional mm-hmm. right now. I'm a little scared by how unconventional the president is. I can use think, me
2: some conventional right now. Well,
1: I mean, and that's, and by the way, <laughs> you're the type of voter that. If Joe Biden were the nominee and were to win you, mm-hmm. you're the kind of voter who gives him the she's, election. She's voting for Joe Biden. Right? A, a, a she's suburban, for, a she's suburban exhausted. mom who's generally conservative in her policy views, as mm-hmm. you were saying you agree with Donald Trump on the policies, but who is exhausted by the personal dynamic and just says, you know what, I'll trade a little bit off on the policy to get more stability from the That's personality. That's to the T. So Jim Murren,
0: yeah. uh, CEO, chairman of MGM Grand, mm-hmm. uh, was here this morning. Uh, we have a great partnership, uh, 10 years of the Bellagio. He did a fundraiser at the Nomad last night for uh, Vice President Biden, and they raised a half a million dollars in two hours. And Heather Murin, we were talking, and I said, you know, Joe's slogan should be, same policies, less crazy. You know, like, taste great, less filling. Yeah, yep. Same policies, less crazy. But, I mean, I just wonder why the president needs to go in that direction with, like, you know, tutti pats, you know? Anthony, you know, that's who he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he can't help it. That's who he
1: is. Like, there's one relief about it, which is that he's not pretending to be that. Right. This is not a put-on.
2: Nobody could pretend to be that. This is him. (laughs) This is
1: who he is. And I think, you know, I say to people all the time, as I said on the stage today, why are you surprised? This is the way he campaigned in the primary and in the general. It's not like he wasn't tweeting then. You know it why? Like because a...
2: people underestimated his level of energy and the fact that he could sustain this this manner and this behavior for that long. I think we all know he's like that, but I didn't think someone could be like that 24-7, 360. I didn't know that someone had that much stamina. you think he had
1: an age advantage over you? No. What he had was a name ID advantage over me. Here's what never had happened before in a race like that. Somebody who came in, who had had a top 10 television show for a decade and had created an image that was not completely consistent with reality um, that he was this tough incredibly successful incredibly decisive business executive and that's what he looked like that's what they made him look like on the show and when you're only taping for you know 40 right. minutes per show and it gets edited you can be made to look like anything mm-hmm. and he came in with this persona that was not necessarily consistent with the guy I knew or the guy you knew. But, you know, everybody knew who he was. He was a celebrity. He's an unbelievable brand. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a celebrity. Like, we are in a celebrity culture right now, I think, more than I've seen in my lifetime. And he came in, and that's the big advantage he had. Because you, you, as as well-known as I was, and I was probably maybe beside Jeb Bush – I because think, of a family I think name you i had might have been the two best name known, recognition right? yeah, yeah. i mean maybe him. me and jeb were close i might have been beyond jeb at that I point i think you were beyond jeb nobody it was i was like nothing compared to him i remember people saying like you know um when i when i endorsed him well it's good because Christie will be a calming force in the trump campaign when was I ever called the common force for anybody? <laughs> right, for anybody. You made you guys
2: look like real stable geniuses. Right, I look, like, quote, you know, I
1: look, like, I look like a statesman, for God's sake. So <laughs> I think that was the advantage, Anthony. I don't think it had anything to do with age. And I was saying to someone today earlier that it was very hard to run against him because, except for Jeb, none of us had the money to go after him. Right. So like I had all kinds of things that I wanted to use that were factually hits on, on Donald Trump that I knew from my time in New Jersey because his business career in New Jersey was checkered. Oh,
2: yeah. Right? Atlantic City. But
1: who had the money to do it? Only Jeb did, and Jeb wasted all that money. I mean, if if people really look back on that race, the candidates in particular, um, if you want to quote-unquote blame someone for Donald Trump, it's Jeb Bush because he had $150 million and he never laid a glove on Donald Trump, ever. I have a and question. And in fact, became a punching bag for him.
2: What did Mary Pat think of the whole presidential campaign and and run?
1: She loved it in some respects while we were doing it, but it got to be overwhelming for her after a while. And I don't think, I don't think if she had a choice, she would ever want me to do it again. Okay. Um, she knows she doesn't have that. Been choice. there, done that. Yeah. Well, what well, will you do it again? I, if I thought I had a chance to win, sure. Because I think Anthony, once you've run for president and you've crossed over that. That hurdle in your mind of saying I could do it, mm-hmm. like you remember, 2011, 2012, when a lot of people were urging me to run. Oh, for I was president. on the
0: conference call uh, where you. With Langone, uh, right? Well, I was on, well, I was on that call where Langone was trying to convince you to yep. run, and then I was on the subsequent call where you were endorsing Governor Romney, right. and you offered up a campaign donation to him, literally on the call. Remember yep. that call? And I, I was do- like, okay, this, you know, this is. Uh, this is going to be Romney's race then, because yep. I thought you had, you may or may not remember this, but I saw you, and I told Deirdre this, I saw you at a Coke event in, right. it was uh, Beaver Creek, Colorado, at yep. the Ritz-Carlton, We you were in a tent. Yep. You gave an extemporaneous speech that uh, I thought was absolutely brilliant and legendary, and those two guys are old school guys yeah. and very, very conservative, and they were blown away. Yeah. And I remember walking back into the lobby, and I remember David Koch, who... You Know, uh, uh, yeah. Deja remembers when she was pregnant, he was so kind, he flew her back with me, thank god. But uh, on his <laughs> plane, on his plane oh, from I, one of I those was conferences, leave you, but, behind and get on well, you plane. know, anything could happen. You know, I could be dragging myself behind a plane, <laughs> but but I was like, okay, this guy's gotta get you, you, have a gift, you have a gift, you connect with people, you're a real guy, you really don't care. And, and I mean, this yeah. from a, yeah. a super comp, you know, I think, we're, I, I think we're gonna be ready for that. I think the. Next generation, like when I talk to my kids, I bet they're probably not too dissimilar from your kids. My adult children—I mean, we have a a five and almost two-year-old yep. together. I have a—we have adult children. Um, they're like, "Hey, Dad, we, we're, we're done with this nonsense, okay? We, let's just get the policies right." That's yep. you, yeah. And I that's think, your brand.
1: And I think you know, like in eleven and twelve, in eleven, when I really made the decision, despite all of the encouragement I was getting from a lot of really influential people, in my heart, I didn't think I was ready. And so I just said, I can't do um, this, can do I can't it do thing? it, you know? Uh, but when 16 comes and you think you are ready, once you've made that decision in your mind, like you look at it and you say, I could do this job and I could do it well, then I don't think it ever leaves you the interest in doing it. Mm-hmm. But I Good would say this, there's no way, and this is what I'd have to convince Mary Pat of, there would be no way I would do it unless I thought I had a legitimate chance to win. Because you put your family through so much when you do it that if you're just doing it on the lark for your ego, I think it's unfair to your family. You're right. And, 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 and ultimately unfair to you, too, mm-hmm. although you wouldn't see it that way at the time. So, yeah, I think Mary Pat, she was, you know, ABC did a whole thing on her during the primary um, with a, a report they did, a five or six minute thing on the evening news called The Secret Weapon. And she spent so much time in New Hampshire. And did so much door to door, person to person stuff. They called her the secret weapon. I this whole I was gonna say, I think she's a really great partner. Mm-hmm. She totally. seems to back you she up. She raised and a lot of money for you, the RGA. Yeah, let me tell you, she was on the, she, She's great. She is fearless in terms of the, the fundraising part of all this stuff. and she, That's that Wall Street expertise. Yeah. She goes yeah. right I love for the juggling. Jug like yeah. And she said, and it's
2: she also. The best. Yeah, and they she are all, so effective.
1: It's true. And she also said to me, like, I've been, I've been used to rejection for 30 years you know mm-hmm. in my business where you call and you pitch something to somebody and they, they say hang no. up on you right and you're done and like <laughs> yeah. okay move on to the next one so she's helped me in a whole bunch of ways but yeah I think the presidential thing I think she just was like after it was over she she was so disappointed I think after it was over and unhappy about the result that I think and I know for my kids my kids still haven't gotten over that part of it
2: well it's really hard to see somebody you love that close to you who's that. Go through all of that stuff and get raked over the coals, and especially when you know the person can do an amazing job and be the guy, and then but they they're not, and it's really you know you're crestfallen almost. They were uh, kids were.
0: We're we're gonna let you go, but I got to ask you this question because we were walking over here, and there's a sinister element to some of these people, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, in our own Anthony is so intrigued by the Game of Thrones. What the hell's wrong with these people? Ask. your Environment. I, I, You're you, so see, intrigued I, by it. You, yeah, it's I don't like understand. he's I don't, in disbelief I,
2: I, I, that some, people that this goes on. Somebody but said, said to what me what
0: once, I'm, on. "I'm wicked smart, but I'm remarkably naive." Because I don't know. I got raised Catholic. I, if I'm on your team, I'm trying to boost you. Religion up. You has know, nothing
2: remember. to do with this. Oh, I don't
0: know what it is. My point is, if I'm on your team, yep. I'm trying to make you better. I'm not interested in trying to
1: stab your eyeball out. Nope. I, I mean, I just,
0: I, I'm not going to mention names, but I find these people like disgusting. I mean, what you know what it is You
1: know what it is. I really mean, believe that. It's people who have lived an entitled life believe that they're entitled to move the chess pieces of other people's lives around as they so as they wish. Yeah. Without any concern about what the ramifications are for the folks who they're hurting. And and I can just tell you that like I think and I think where the religious part that you brought of it brought up comes in. Is, is an ethic, a cultural thing that comes cultural. from that, right? It's, a it's cultural. I want to do the right yeah. thing. And, I'm, and I'm here it, visiting
0: the planet. I want to do the right thing. Right. I'm not interested in destroying somebody else.
1: And, 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 and part of it is like, listen, uh, you and I have both over the years have had plenty of legitimate disputes with people where we fight and we fight hard and we fight for what we believe in. But it's never about just destroying someone. It's about trying to achieve something that we think is noble to achieve. What I think happened is happening around the president, and, and a lot of it's his fault, because he doesn't stop it, he sees it, and sometimes he likes it, sometimes he doesn't. But he never stops it. It's people who think that they're more important than the country, mm-hmm. they're more important than what's going on there, and that they want to exclude anybody from being around him who could be an effective truth teller because they might, at one one day, say something different than they're saying, and that's. That's evil stuff, it's and totally it's and, and it's and it's counterproductive. And I've said this to the president a number of times, and I'll say it, Anthony. I mean, I, I think, you know, I've told him that there were there were nepotism laws put in place in this country in the 1960s after yeah, Bobby after, after Bobby yeah. Kennedy was the Attorney General, um, and for good reason, mm-hmm. because it's hard to fire somebody you have to have Thanksgiving with. You know, it, it, you you're, someone does something wrong. And and they deserve to be It's just a different
2: relationship that should, it doesn't really mix.
1: It doesn't mix, and it's not, listen, the president has lived his whole life both as a child and as an adult in a family business, Mm -hmm. and that's a whole different dynamic, and not demeaning that at all. Like, people who build a family business, and they keep it a family business and private and keep the family in the hierarchy, that's their choice, but the United States government isn't that, and so I think that part of the problem that the president confronts every day is how to balance that dynamic, and, and I, I, I'd say to you that you know the, the 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 last part of it is that you can't um, you can't understand fully how it impacts everybody else in that building because you make a you're you were in the building for a while you make a you make a policy argument that you believe in right, and and all of a sudden like. You think you've gotten somewhere, then the, everybody leaves the room, but only a few a people bar. get to go up to the right. residence or go to Mar-a-Lago or go to Bedminster. And then all of a sudden, something you think you decided to become something completely different. And so then everybody walks on eggshells around the people who are in the family who can have influence. And that, in the end, what I've said to the president over and over again is, you think that helps you, but it doesn't. Because it's not only that they may not be right all the time, it's that other people hold back if they think they're going to disagree with them because they're afraid of what the ramifications of that, of that will be. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. It's a big problem for him, and, and, and at times it's been a problem for the country. That so pretty clear. I think it's,
0: I think
2: it's I very well said. I just came well, away said. smarter from this podcast.
1: You can't remember, so she's Definitely. smart. Trust me.
0: Yeah, no. No, no, no she's working smart. Have... No, she's, what? She's trying to Why pretend that she up came up on in.
2: that? I'm just saying I learned a lot of things. Maybe made not, me think. I'm not yeah. I'm hung, up heads, I'm he
0: hung up on it. I'm just giving him the heads I'm giving him the heads up. He's so hung I'm giving up him the heads up that like, you're Arya Stark. I just want to make sure he knows in case the javelin comes out. It's all good. He doesn't need out. to know. It's all good. If the javelin but comes out and you're swinging at me and you miss and hits him. I've got to give him the heads up. I'm he's ducking, got, baby. got to duck. I'm ducking right from the beginning, Anthony. She's Arya Stark with blonde hair.
2: I don't watch Game of Thrones, so.
0: Neither do I. I don't it's, it's game so to and you, that that analogy I get, I gotta, is like she's going to be watching season one with me.
1: Okay. So, so, I'll to so kids Governor, yeah. you
0: you Kong, are Kongs. a delight to be around. Um, I appreciate you coming out yeah, here. I pleasure. hope you're Thanks having, having a great. Me. I hope you're having a great time. And am, and, uh, and we're going to see you in New York yes, and New Jersey. You got it, buddy. Amen, ladies Thanks. and gentlemen. Governor maybe why not the whole tri-state area? Maybe Iowa and maybe New Hampshire. You never know, you never know, You never know, baby, what's Chris going to happen. Never know. All right, right. thank Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from
1: big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T
0: and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today